but it's by far the best move is that. So the big question is what a top agent is doing to absolutely crush it in real estate. To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. And that's when you can really step away from production, which which brings us nicely into topic number two. Because are you are you still in production right now, or are you leveraging your production to your team? What, Both, what does that look like? I, my goal every year is to close less than twenty four transactions. I can close twenty four transactions like at. This is year 10 in the industry. I can close 24 transactions per year with like it taking very, very little, little effort. So I spend 80 to 90% of my energy really meeting with support staff, um, implementing systems, figuring out like en- envisioning what the next steps are going to be, meeting with partners to figure out what that looks like, periodic re- recruit appointments, coaching agents, um, scheduling training, like a lot of the higher level stuff that it just requires to run a high performance, people focused, performance driven team is what I spend 80 to 90% of my time doing. And I think that's where a lot of agents struggle is like they don't want to want, they don't want to give up that much time to commit to actually leading a team. And two, they don't want to give up the profitability of closing all the transactions themselves. And after five or six years in the industry, when I realized like I had no other options, it was an option I joyfully welcomed is to make less money and to spend a little bit more time building the business and spend less time closing transactions. You know, some, some people will look at that as a sacrifice. Why do you look at this as something that you really gravitate towards versus, you know, just keep on slaying more deals and being more profitable? So two, uh, two major reasons. One, was a pivotal conversation I had with my wife that I would share with our agents. Uh, this was about, you know, my first year in the industry, I told my wife, I'm going to be working 80 to hundred hours a week. I just thank you for your grace as we got like a newborn and we're going to be having another kid within a couple of years. And I did that in the second year and the third year. And I was still working 70, 80 hours a week. So the third year after year four, uh, it got a little exasperating and I was working down closer to 60, 70 around year five, four or five. My wife said, Hey, I love that you're available to all these people. And I love that you love saying yes to them. And I hate that it means you're always saying no to us. And at that point, like I thought, I can't. That that, that hits home. It did. And she said it. She said it exactly like that. (laughs) I love that you love saying yes to them. I hate that it means you're always saying no to us. And so I thought I'm not going to do that. I won't. I will not continue to build a career that way. Um, And part of it is that every every team leader, every business owner, even outside of real estate deals with us at some point where they go, I, but I think I can do it better myself if I've got my hands in everything. So not wanting to have a lifestyle where it was just all work and no time with family. That was a huge deal. And the second part of it is realizing that there are people that are better at doing my job than me. (laughs) Like it's, and it it takes a little bit of practice and a little bit of uh, grace to get through that process. But there are multiple people within our team, agents, support staff, transaction coordinators who are better at doing a, spe- a specific task and position and role than I am. And it's empowering 
and joyful to me to see somebody else doing what they love doing that I don't like doing as much and doing it at a level that it raises the standard for our agents and for our clients so that we have this, this culture in which I'm able to serve directors at a high level. Directors can serve employees at a high level. Employees can serve agents at a high level. And then agents can serve their clients at a high level. Once you see that taking place, man, it's, it's a breath of fresh air compared to trying to be like one person making all of the stuff happen. It's ultimately way more sustainable as well. It's way more sustainable. It's way more scalable. It's way more profitable in the long term. You have to take a hit on time and profit for five to 10 years or however long it takes you to build it. But ultimately, it leads to a life where our agents and our support staff and myself has a better balance, better culture, better profitability, a higher standard of service. And we know we're not going to be the 90% that quits, burns out, gets addicted, copes, right? Of like all these other things that we see happening with high performance salespeople. So I, I think that's where I struggle with with this the most is finding out the who's right the who is going to do X Y Z A B C job better than me. Yeah, and I'm not a cult control freak. I promise. I really <laughs> am not. <laughs> and I am. I am the same. Uh, I'm of the same mindset like you are when it comes to that. There's somebody that can do this better. For example, my TC. God bless her. That girl, it is, she is absolutely amazing at getting shit done for me that I absolutely hate and I am not yeah. good at it. My paperwork would never be done. I would always be out of compliance and my I would never get paid because I could never get my files in on time. Yeah. Meanwhile, she gets it on time. I always get a split DA. I get paid at closing. That goes right into my bank account. It is A-OK, done, sealed, deal, ciao, Bella, on to the next one, right? Yeah. I, I know that. But I have not been able to find people yet in my business that I can leverage more of my time, a.k.a. not having to do all the showings, not having to do and run around with all the buyers. So my question ultimately for you is where I really wanted to give you some context is how did you go about finding your who's that who do you hire for X, Y, Z role, ABC role? How did you give them enough trust and, and, and what did the process look like? So we spend a lot of intentionality on cultivating the position to begin with. And then the next step that even if you find somebody who's great is holding that accountable and holding yourself accountable to training that person. I think where a lot of business owners make a mistake is they'll spend a little bit of time kind of stumbling into somebody like, oh, I found Jan. Jan's great. I met her. I really like her vibe. She's got really cool energy. I think we're going to have a good thing. You know, Jan shows up. She's not doing her job. You're too busy to pay attention. And eventually four months later, Jan's gone. (laughs) And I think that happens a lot. So where agents don't spend a lot of time going, okay, if I was to look at like an opportunity cost of everything that that's on my plate and how much money and time it costs me, the things that I don't enjoy doing, the things that aren't paying me the highest return on, on my income, I'm going to put all that stuff together. I mean, Keller Williams has a lot of good pre-profile established, you know, director of sales, director of operations, director of lead generation. But also at some point, a business leader just needs to say, what do I not like doing? And then put all of that together in a package, add culture to it, add an opportunity growth trajectory so that there's clarity for the person when they come on board and then market well towards that thing. And then once that person shows up, what happens is oftentimes agents will just they'll go right back to work and they'll think Jan's going to like figure it out 
and they don't spend time sitting with Jan or whoever that person is a couple hours every single week going, here's what we did well, here's what we didn't do well, here's how I'm going to hold myself accountable, and I know it's going to be hard work. And even after all that's done, I think the last hump that's hard for people to kind of wrap their heads around sometimes is they think, I can accomplish this with a 99% perfection ratio, right? And they look at somebody else and they go, they're only getting it at 90%. But the reality is you or I, we can't do everything at 99%. We can do something at 99% or 100% for a moment. But if we are trying to fulfill every position in a growing team at 199 or 100%, we will burn out. It will be unscalable. And at some point, I'm experiencing that right now. There's no way I physically can go and do 15 showings on Saturday, 15 showings on Sunday and be cheerio on a Monday because Monday through Friday, I I, I do at least three to five showings every other day. Yeah, right? yeah. And then still write up the paperwork, write up the contracts, assess the properties, analyze them, make sure you're running the CMAs, getting prepared for your listing appointments, getting prepared for your buyer's consultation, doing lead generation. I mean, do I need to keep going? Right. No, no, but all we need to do is find somebody who can do it half or three quarter as good as you and then spend intentional time cultivating them to do it 90% as good as you. Eventually, I think you'll come across somebody who was able to scale that and go, okay, now I can do it 90% as good as Peter. And if they're the right fit, they're going to spend time autonomously, independently, maximizing themselves from 90% to 99% while you're no longer paying attention. And those are the best the best people to partner with, right? That you're helping to onboard them through that crucial 90 day process. And if they make it through that and they're the right fit after that, they continue to raise the standard when you're busy and not even paying attention. One of the best feelings by far that started taking place five or six years ago is when I would come back and go, Oh, you know what we should do? And two people would go, Oh, you know, Justin and I started doing that two weeks ago. We're almost done. (laughs) Oh, okay. That, that sounds great. Well, I look forward to seeing the finished product. You know, that, that feeling is, is only possible by spending a hell of a lot of time in the first part of the process. So my second follow-up question to that is who should be your first hire if you are a solo agent? Absolutely. An executive assistant. Like it's, and because an executive assistant is somebody who's going to be able to do anything and everything, right? It's like, that EA role is it can turn into a lot of things. It could turn into a TC, it could turn into a DO, it could turn into a showing assistant. But an EA is a really good all-encompassing position to go. Hey, take care of all of the stuff that's not face forward with my clients. And for full disclosure, that's not what I did in my business. <laughs> Multiple people try to tell me to do that, and I did not. But it's by far the best move is to hire a part-time TC forward slash EA, right, and then to continue to grow that position. Yeah, and those could be two separate people, right? A TC could be a TC that just does TC on an on as-needed basis per yep. deal type of thing. And then your EA can do whatever your EA needs to do. So now that we have the hire established, the one thing I wanted to circle back on for anybody that missed it is start writing down the shit that you hate or the shit that you're doing on a daily basis that's repeatable that you can quote unquote, put a system, a process, a document of how you do it uh, type of thing. Because I'm assuming that's how you started handing things off, right? Yep, absolutely. And and, I mean, and Justin, who started out as a part-time photographer and now he's a full-time director of brand development, 
he communicated. He said, one of the things that I liked about the position is that it was obviously you were really intentional about like the, like the process. There was a Google form and there was a video at the top of the Google form. And it was me explaining the process and me explaining where the position can grow and go. And, and he said, like, I knew I felt that somebody thought about where this position was going. And it wasn't just like, oh, I need somebody real quick. It wasn't so, just like slapping shit on the wall. Hopefully something sticks and we're going to be all OK. Right. Exactly. So that that first EA hire and being really intentional about it is, I think, huge. You know, you know what I'm picking up, though, is that you listen to feedback, not only yes. from clients, but to, from everybody. Right. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one on one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner or you can just click the link in the description below.